thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you wanna know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us in giving to this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message. Victory Church, how are you today? Anybody glad to be in church today? Hey, I'm right there with you. If we haven't met, my name is Abdiel. I'm one of the pastors here at our Oklahoma City campus. I want to welcome you today. I want to welcome those that are watching online and wherever you're at. We are so glad uh, that you've joined us. We're going to jump right in this morning. We're continuing in our season of Uncommon Kingdom. We're going to be in John chapter 4, so I'll give you a little bit of a head start, give you some time to get there, John chapter 4, and uh, we're going to read a story that's one of my favorite stories, and Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, and they're doing their thing, doing their ministry. If you read any, any through the Gospels, you'll find Jesus doing uh, some sort of ministry, whether he's teaching whether he's healing somebody uh, or just spitting truth uh, at, at, at somebody. Um, Jesus is on his way to a different location. He's going from Judea to Galilee in this chapter. And it says that he's passing through and he's going to have to pass through a town called Samaria. Everybody say Samaria. And as they're approaching this town, he sends his disciples uh, ahead to go and buy food and Bible says that Jesus was tired from, his, uh, from their journey and he decides to take a break by a well. And so we're gonna actually start in verse seven. So John chapter four, verse seven, Jesus is taking a break near this well, which I love because it paints, it shows us a little bit of a picture, a glimpse into his humanity. And so verse seven, John chapter four, verse seven, it says then a woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. It says the Samaritan woman says to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria, for Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. If you were here last week, Pastor Adam Frederick uh, preached a powerful message and he spoke a little bit about the dynamic between the Jews and the Samaritans and how there was just a history of hatred, uh, racism. I mean, all, all, all of the, the tension that you could possibly think of was present in this dynamic between the Jews and the Samaritans. It says the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. And in verse 10, Jesus answered her. It says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. 
And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with. And the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Verse 13, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. And Jesus says to her, go and call your husband and come here. What a weird question or what a weird thing to say to somebody when they ask uh, for, for water. I don't know if you've ever been at a restaurant. Uh, this would be the equivalent of you asking the waiter for a glass of water and they you know, ask you, hey, uh, why don't you go get your husband or go get your wife? Maybe they'll get you, you know. Verse 18, for you've had five husbands, or excuse me, verse 17, I skipped a verse. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. And her response is, what you have said is true. This morning, the title of my message is this, the satisfaction I crave. I want you to write that down on the top of your notes, the satisfaction that I crave. Let's pray. We're going to ask God to just teach us something new this morning. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it's alive and it's active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray that your word would speak deeply into our hearts this morning and that, God, that you would do what only you can do, that you would save, heal, and set free. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. When I say the word crave or uh, craving, the first thing that we think of is what? Oh, you, you can say it. Food. Yes, yes. We think of food. The food that we eat. We think about the times where we are craving uh, maybe a certain meal. You're craving that meal from your favorite restaurant. Some of you guys are like, please don't start talking about food right now. It's almost lunchtime and I don't want to leave church early. I know this is dangerous territory, okay? But just, just bear with me. We think about food, we think about the meals, maybe that favorite restaurant. I, I love food. My favorite holiday is Thanksgiving just because of all the food. Give me all the ham, all the turkey, all the mashed potatoes, the stuffing, uh, the pumpkin pie. Give me all of it. I mean, we could have a praise break right now for Thanksgiving, okay? I love, I love food. Uh, uh, there's, there's, there's not very many things that are better than that, that feeling of satisfaction after you have like a nice meal. You know what I'm talking about? You're sitting at a restaurant, you have a nice meal. Maybe you, you go all out and you actually get the dessert this time. You, you know, you go all out and instead of getting, you know, that water, you get the, you get the soda, right? There's that satisfying feeling after a nice meal that we, that we, that we crave sometimes, because we crave things that we want. Oftentimes, we, we, there, there's, there's all sorts of things that we want, and we crave those things, but there's also things that we crave that we actually need. For example, I'll give you a very simple example that, we'll, that we can all relate with. When you're out in, you know, on a hot day, 
uh, not date. I realized I just said not what I said sounded like a hot date. A hot day, okay? A hot day, not a hot date. That could have gone left real quick. When you're out, maybe out, you know, outdoors on a hike on a hot day, and the sun's been beating on you all day, and you begin to crave a nice bottle of cold water. You know what I'm talking about? And then you, you open up that bottle of water, and you start to chug, chug that water, and it's like, man, that is the best water you've ever had, just because you've been craving it. It's been, it's been a long day. You've been out in the heat, and, and, and your body is literally craving what it needs, because you need water to survive. And so you will crave, you will crave things that you want. You will also crave things that you need. I want to take it a step further, though, is that not only do we crave the things that we want, and not only do we crave the things that we need, but we also crave the things that we think that we need. The things that we believe that we need, the things that we believe add value to our life. Why do we crave things that we think that we believe? Because deep down inside each and every single one of us, we all have this, this need, this desire to be satisfied. And so we crave things to fill and fulfill that satisfaction. There's something deep within all of us that desires to be fully satisfied. It's in all of us. It's that feeling of, 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 of more, of wanting more because I'm not satisfied yet. So my question for you today is what are you craving today? As you look at your life and as you look at, at, at your situation or your circumstance, what are you craving today? I want us to really look deep within ourselves and be honest with ourselves and answer this question. What? Am I craving today? Because here's what I know. Our cravings are revealed by the wells that we draw from. What you crave is revealed by the wells that you continually find yourself in every single day. The things that you are craving, the satisfaction that you are craving, whether in a good place or in a bad place, those things are revealed by the wells that you go back to to draw from every single day. What are you craving today? In John chapter 4, we find Jesus and he's with his disciples and they're going to uh, to, to, to another town and they stop in Samaria. Jesus stops at this well. It's known as Jacob's well. It's a very famous well where people come to draw water. It says it's about the sixth hour. So the hottest part of the day was around noontime. Jesus is taking a break and he goes and sits by this well. It says that a Samaritan woman came along and this would have been the time of the day that would have been abnormal for a woman to come and draw water, which tells us that the tells us that this woman was an outcast, that people did not want to be around her, that, for, that whatever, for whatever reason, she was not welcome around the inner circles. And so she came on the hottest part of the day, a long trek to go and draw water. It says that Jesus looks at this woman, says being thirsty from his journey, he looks and says, can I have a drink of your water? Now, there's two issues with this, with this situation. The first issue is that, as we've already pointed out, she was a Samaritan. And again, I'm not going to go into that dynamic fully today because last week, Pastor Adam did a great job of explaining what that's like. But there was, there was tension 
There was hatred. The Jews and the Samaritans did not like each other. It was really bad. So she was a Samaritan, but she was also a woman. And it would have been extremely inappropriate in this culture for Jesus, not only a man, but a rabbi, to even speak, let alone look at this woman. It's safe to assume that she was probably shocked that this man would take the time to look at her and ask her for a drink. In fact, she tells him plainly, she says, how are you, a man, a Jew, going to ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? And I love Jesus' response. He says, if you only knew who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. Now, this phrase, living water, it's important for us to understand that this was actually a common phrase in their language. They would use the term living water. It was the only words uh, that they had to describe what we would call like a spring or, you know, running water or water that bubbles up in a natural spring. They would call that living water. And when she asked Jesus, where do you find this living water? She's quite literally asking, wait, where, what well are you talking about? Where are you drawing this water from? She doesn't get it. She doesn't realize what Jesus is saying. She just thinks that he's talking about some different kind of water. Things are not clicking. And Jesus, I love it, he looks at her and he says, you don't have, she says, you don't have anything to draw water with. But Jesus looks at her says, I'm not sure you get it. I'm not talking about any kind of water here. I'm not talking about water that you can draw from a well. I'm not talking about water that you can find in a river or in a lake. The water I'm talking about only I can provide, only I can bring. Listen, I don't know what you came in here with today. You may be in a dry season. You may be in a season of frustration. You may be in a season of chaos. You may be in a season where you are, have more questions than you have answers. But what I'm here to remind you with today is that Jesus still has living water for you today. Whatever situation you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, whatever your kids might be dealing with, whatever your family might be dealing with, whatever loss or lack you might be in today, Jesus has living water for you today. It's available, but it didn't click with her until Jesus continues to explain what he's talking about. He says, no, 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 if you knew the water that I have, you would be asking me. And then after Jesus explains what he's referring to, she asks him, Lord, or sir, where can I get this water? Can you give me this water? And Jesus has a very funny response to her. She says, where, can you give me some of this water? And Jesus says, go get your husband. Uh, what? What do you mean, go get my husband? Jesus, what are you talking about? What does that have anything to do with you showing me where this water is from, where I can get this water? He says, go and get your husband. Why is this significant? Because it's, a, it's at this moment that this woman 
realizes that this well that she came to every single day to draw water was not the only well that she was drawing from. This well known as Jacob's well that she came to probably every single day to draw the water that she needed in order to survive. It's in this moment that she realized that this was not the only well that she was drawing from. You see, you and I, we, we draw from wells every single day that we feel like we need in order to survive in this world and in this society. My question for you today is this, is what well are you drawing from? What well are you drawing from? This woman finds herself in this moment, fully realizing that this is not the only well that she's been drawing from because she's been in marriage after marriage, relationship after relationship. And, and, and to be honest with you, I don't blame her because in this time, a woman was nothing without, without the, the, the support and the leadership of a man, of a husband. And so she, she had no choice. I don't know if maybe husbands passed away or husbands left her, but she had no other choice than to do what she thought she needed to do in order to survive. And I'm here to tell you today that there are things that you are are doing that you believe you need to do. There are wells that you think that you need to draw from, that you feel like you need to draw from because you need to do that in order to survive or in order to make it in this world or in this society. But Jesus is here to let you know today that there is a well that never runs dry, that the wells that you might be drawing from might be leaving you dry and thirsty. But Jesus is a well that never runs dry. What well are you drawing from Today, we draw from the well of relationships, thinking that once I get married, then I'll be satisfied and fulfilled. And all the married people are like, think again. <laughs> we, we, we draw from the well of money, thinking that once I go, get to where I make this much, then I'll be satisfied and fulfilled. We, we draw from the well of busyness, thinking that if I can just fill up my calendar, then I will feel important. We, we draw from the well of politics and, and media. We draw from the well of control. We draw from the well of approval. Friends, if you feel tired, worn out, exhausted, or burdened today, could it be that you are drawing from wells that are leaving you more empty and more dry than you were before? What wells are you drawing from today? What wells are you drawing from today? It's interesting that Jesus brings up not only this woman's past, but her present. She says, work, can I get this water? Can you give me this water? And Jesus says, go and get your husband. Why would he bring this up? You see, a lot of times we come to church and we hear about all the good things and the benefits that come from following Jesus and being in relationship to Jesus. But then the moment that Jesus begins to confront the wells that he's actually calling us to reject, we take a step back because it's uncomfortable. No, 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 that's my comfort zone, Jesus. No, I'm comfortable in that sin. I, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable in that habit. I'm comfortable in this addiction. I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable in this pattern. I, I, I'm comfortable in this, in this, in this, in this, thing. I'm comfortable in my, in my desire for more and more money and more status and more accolade. I'm comfortable in this. And, and, and the reason we're reluctant to receive the living water that Jesus wants to give us is because we don't want to give up the wells that we're drawing from. 
because for whatever reason, we're convinced that those wells are gonna produce the very satisfaction that we crave. See, we crave satisfaction. We all crave this desire, this, this, internal, this internal need for, 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 for peace and satisfaction that we long for. What well are you drawing from today? Before we can truly enjoy the living water, we have to allow Jesus to deal with the wells that we've been drawing from. It's not gonna be easy. It's gonna be uncomfortable. It's gonna be hard. But it's necessary. And this means that Jesus actually wants us to recognize and begin to reject the broken patterns of sin and disobedience and self-sufficiency. You're craving satisfaction. You're, 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 you're craving this feeling of peace. You're, you're craving for something that honestly you can't even put words to it. Yet you strive every single day to attain it. I don't know what that is for you, but you know what that is. You can't even put words to it, but you're, 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 you're craving. I, 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 I wish that I felt satisfied in my life. I wish that I felt satisfied in my marriage. I wish that I felt satisfied in my work. I wish that I felt satisfied in, in, in where I am and in my friend group. I wish that I felt satisfied. And Jesus is saying, I want you to be satisfied, but where you're looking is not the answer. Oh, what I would give to feel satisfied. In Psalm chapter 42, it says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O oh God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear? before God. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, God. What do I want us to get this morning? That the satisfaction that you crave is only found in Jesus. Pastor Abdiel, that's too simple. I know, I know, but we miss it. The satisfaction that I crave is only found in Jesus. The satisfaction that you crave is not found in Jesus plus more money. It's not found in Jesus plus more security. It's not found in Jesus plus a job. It's not found in Jesus plus a position or a promotion. It's not found in Jesus plus X, Y, or Z. It's just Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It's always been about him. It will always be about him in the moment that we can become content in who Jesus is. Our soul will find the satisfaction that we've been looking for all along. It's still Jesus. Nothing else, nothing less. What well are you drawing from today? The satisfaction that I crave is only found in Jesus. Will you be content with Jesus? Will you be content if you had Jesus, but you never made any more money? Will you be content if you had Jesus, but you never got another promotion? Will you be content if you had Jesus, but you never moved up anymore in the ladder of life? 
Would you be content if you had Jesus, but all the things that you feel like you need or want were never, were never met? Would you be content if all you had was Jesus? Until we become content with just Jesus, nothing else will satisfy. You'll be drawing from wells that will leave you dry. Some of you are feeling dry and empty. Maybe it's time that we look at the wells that we're drawing from. Because Jesus is the only one that can satisfy our soul. So what's our response? When Jesus brings satisfaction to our soul, our, our, our only appropriate response is worship. That's it. It's worship. And I want us to understand that worship is not just the song, the songs that we sing when we meet at church on Sundays. It's much more than that. In fact, Jesus, what I love about this story is that as Jesus is confronting the wells that this woman has been drawing from, he continues to speak on what it means to live a life of true and proper Worship, as we continue to read in verse 19, it says, The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit. Everybody say spirit and truth. Everybody say truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. And she says, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I want you to write this down. True worship comes from within. Jesus says that true worshipers will worship in spirit. What does that mean? It means this, that the moment that Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead and the moment that you opened up your life and your heart to his lordship and submitted your life to him, in that moment, the Bible describes something like this happening, that the Holy Spirit now makes his home on the inside of you, that you now have the Holy Spirit filling your life every single day. What does that mean? That means that it does not matter where you are. You could be in a church but you could also be in your home. You could also be in your car. You could, also, you could be in your room. You could be at McDonald's for all I care. It doesn't matter where you are. True worship has nothing to do with the outside. It has everything to do with the inside. It flows from within. That living water comes from within and your response is praise and adoration to God. That's true worship. It has nothing to do with this building has nothing to do with the band on the stage, has nothing to do with any of that stuff, but it has everything to do with the reality that the Holy Spirit, the living God, lives on the inside of you. And you can have a worship service wherever you're at. The true worship comes from within. 
You know what? We all know what else I love about this. That it doesn't matter what I look like or what I dress like or what I talk like or, 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 or any of that stuff because it's not about the outside. It's about what Jesus has done on the inside. And if Christ has done a true work on the inside, then true worship flows from within to the outside and flows everywhere you go. This is true worship. True worship comes from within. And number two, true worship is directed toward God and validated by obedience. True worship directed toward God, validated by obedience. Jesus says that true worshipers will worship not only in spirit, but in truth. What does that mean? It means that when we worship God, we worship God in truth of who he is, not who we want him to be. Some of y'all miss that. You see, some of you have created an image of who you want God to be. And, as, and, and, and the moment that that image is, 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 is not met or that moment that that image, you, you do not see that image of God, who you created him to be, that's the moment where your worship begins to fall back. But worship is not about who you want God to be. It's about who God actually is, that he is holy, that he is worthy, that he is worthy to be praised regardless of what I'm going through, regardless of what's happening in our world. God is still on the throne. He is still the creator and worshiping God in truth means that I worship him not because of the circumstance but because of the reality and the truth of who he is it's about him and him alone see we should never come to church and say oh worship was okay today uh worship you know wasn't my favorite they didn't really do my favorite songs oh come on you've done that we've all done that oh I just didn't really get into it today And that's fine because it wasn't for you it's never been for you it's his it's for him that's what worshiping God in truth means that I don't allow the circumstance to dictate the truth of who he is not my truth him, his truth, to worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not about me. I don't make it about me. So it's directed toward God and it's validated by our obedience. Jesus says that, that the world will know that we are his disciples and they'll know by our fruit, the life that we live. That Jesus is not just looking for lip service at church on Sundays. That Jesus actually wants to rule and reign on Monday, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all throughout our life, every single day. That he actually wants lordship and leadership over your life, not because he's some tyrant king that's just looking to you know, force you to do whatever it is that he wants you to do. No, because his ways are actually better. His ways are actually higher. And his ways are actually the ways that lead to life, not to death, not to chaos, but that lead to life, to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. 
It's the fruit that the Spirit produces in our life. And our worship, and I don't mean to be harsh, but I'm going to come a little hard at you right now. Our worship is meaningless if our lives are not obedient to God. I know, that's tough. We can open our mouth and we can sing the songs. But, that, but what I know and what the scriptures reveal is that there is a worship that is acceptable to God and there is a worship that is not acceptable to God. And worship that is acceptable to God is always validated by a life that is obedient to God. Worship in spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? This morning, I want us to examine the wells that we've been drawing from. Maybe the Holy Spirit has this whole time been pinpointing all the wells that have left you dry, frustrated, confused. And right now in this moment, Jesus wants to begin to confront those wells. Will you let him? Will you let him? Will you let him teach you what it looks like to reject those wells? So if you're here and you're saying, you know what? I have been drawing from wells that are leaving me dry. I want to begin to draw from the well that never runs dry. You could be a Christian for a week or 20 years. It doesn't make a difference in this moment. This moment is about making an intentional declaration. Jesus, I will begin to draw from you even when it's uncomfortable, even when I don't understand, even it, when it doesn't get me what I want. I want to draw from you, Lord. I want to pray for us. If that's you and you're saying, I want to draw from Jesus, just go ahead and stand to your feet. And as you stand, maybe raise your hands in a, in a posture of receiving as we pray or as I pray for you, as you're recognizing the wells that you're drawing from. Lord, we thank you We thank you that you and you alone are the one that brings living water. God, I thank you for every person standing to their feet right now, 
acknowledging that there are wells in their life that they've been drawing from that has left them dry, wearied, tired, exhausted. May you fill them up right now in this moment, God. May they look to you and you alone. Help us, Jesus. Would you gently remind us to come back to you, Lord, when we're enticed and we're drawn back to the wells that are lifeless and void of you. We can't do it without you, Lord. We need you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.